Welcome to Passports and Postcards, where we discuss everything travel. From cultural inspirations to exciting destinations and everything in between. With your host, Randall McKeown. Hello and welcome to Passports and Postcards. I'm your host, Randall McEwen. On this episode, we're going to talk about my trips to London, England, and I'll give you some tips about places to go and visit. Now, for most of you, um, you probably believe that London is always rainy, somewhat like Vancouver, Canada. However, be surprised that uh, when we were over there, most of the days we had sunshine. But when it does rain, it rains. People ask me, when flying to London, what should they pack? And my comment back to them is that depending on the time of year you're going, um, summertime, you can get very hot and humid, just like uh, in most uh, North American cities. And in the fall, late, I would say late fall, early winter, temperatures can get down to about uh, minus four or five, I would think, sometimes. So it is best to make sure that you are, I would say, at least packed for spring weather and fall weather if you're in Canada or the northern United States, as you would dress in your own country. Always say bring an umbrella or at least a rain jacket, uh, something that will repel the rain because you don't want to get soaked. Depending on uh, who you're flying with, you might have the opportunity to fly into either Heathrow International Airport or you might fly into Gatwick International Airport. Both are on the outskirts of the city, so you'd have to take transit into the city. And I know when we were over there last, we used a service that was pretty neat. I'm not sure if they're still around, but for I think it was about $60 or 60 pounds maybe, uh, what we would do is leave our luggage with them with the address for it to be delivered. So they'd have a stall or a booth right at the airport. You make prior arrangements, which I did. I phoned ahead or sent the email ahead. So when we arrived, they were waiting for us. They took our luggage and they made sure it was at the hotel before we got there, which made things a lot easier because if you are traveling through the tube, or the subway as we would call it, but in London it's called the tube. It's very difficult to get your luggage around. So having someone deliver it for you to your hotel, it's something less to worry about. It makes your journey a lot easier. And I will check into that, see if they're still available. And if they are, I will put a link to it in the, in the uh, comment section of this podcast. If you are landing in Gatwick, there is a service, a train service, called the Gatwick Express. And it'll take you from the airport to the uh, subway station or tube station. And from there you can get to your destination. It's, uh, looking at a map of the tube, you might get a little confused. But if you study it ahead of time, color-coded, you know which line to get your subway on and I'll get you to your destination. I found it very easy to get around in London. 
uh, whether we're taking the tube or if we were above ground and we were taking the double-decker buses. The last two times that I was in London was 2016 and 2017, both times in, uh, in around November. I was over there for travel events, um, which was called uh, WTM London. It was held at the Excel Centre, which is down in the Docklands, which is uh, west of London. Um, you're able to take the um, subway and or the tube, and then you get out and you can take the Docklands LRT, light rail system, and it'll take you right to the Excel Centre. Now the Excel Center is so large that it actually has two stops on the route. We stayed just past uh, the Excel. We stayed at a Holiday Inn, a brand new Holiday Inn, and it was beautiful, very comforter, comfortable. And what I really appreciated was the fact that breakfast was included, and they had a very good breakfast. City Airport was basically right across the, through the little waterway, and then there's the airport right there. We could see it from our our hotel. And we could see when we're taking the um, light rail transit there for the Docklands. If you're heading into London from where we were staying, you would come in, you would go by the Financial District, which is the Canary Wharf area, which is really built up. It looks really nice. There's so much to see and do in London. It's a very large city. Even though London proper is a small area, the boroughs outside of it that make up the city of London allow uh, mass population to be around there and there's lots to do. One of the key things that um, a focal point that we can find now is well actually there's two of them if you think about it there's the Shard which is this towering building that shoots right up into the sky and there's also the famous London Eye which can be seen from almost almost anywhere um, but one thing you have to remember when you're in London the river is your focal point. Um, you've got the uh, south side and the north side of the river, and all things lead to the water, they say, so you really can't get lost. But we're talking about transit in London. I also want to remind you that there is um, water ferries, as I call them, or water taxis, and it is a good way to get you around, avoiding some of the larger more congested areas such as the tube during rush hour and uh, the double-decker buses. And uh, you still have lots of taxis. Taxis can be found everywhere. But some of the other sites that people want to see, they want to go and everybody wants to go to Buckingham Palace. That is a must. Changing of the guard, if you want to do that there, you have to get early and get very close to the gates. Because if you're about 10 or 15 rows back, like I was, and I'm um, short, then all you'll be able to see is the back of people's heads. You could say you were there, but you really didn't see anything. And there are certain times of the year that uh, they were allowing people to uh, take a little bit of a tour of Buckingham Palace. Now, not the whole palace, but just part of the building. And we were fortunate enough, uh, I think it was on our first visit there that we were able to do that and see the magnificent gallery um, of paintings that were on the wall, uh, the furniture, how ornate everything was, and just, you know, everything we thought about royalty and how they lived was really 
true, that's how they lived. Other places of interest would be Westminster Abbey, which was once the headquarters for Parliament, before it moved into the Parliament buildings. It's very impressive. It's the church that um, Charles and Diana got married in, so if you remember that wedding, that's the church. Um, the Palace of Westminster, which is, I would refer to that as um, the Parliament building. You can also go to the National Gallery. Or another area that we, we went to visit, and this we did by, uh, we went got there by Double Decker, was Trafalgar Square. A big open square, a monument in the center. Uh, there are lots of pigeons flying around, but they had um, sort of like gunshots or cannons going off just to scare the birds and make sure they didn't stick around. But yeah, there are a lot of interesting things to uh, see. Um, Piccadilly Circus is another area that you need to go visit. Um, a lot of different shops there. I know there, there was an iconic Apple shop there. I am a big Apple fan. Um, not the fruit, but the actual company. But uh, I heard that Apple, since COVID, was closing down all its stores. So I don't know if that affected uh, that particular store. In the heart of London, there is something else I think you should at least attempt once while you're there. And it's called the Ice Bar. This is a unique minus five degree experience in the heart of London where you go in and they offer you like a parka you put the parka on and you go into the restaurant which everything not restaurant it's a bar and everything's made of ice even the glasses that they serve you drinks in you're not in there for a long period of time and I know when we we're going in there they said to us oh just to let you know just a warning that it's going to be about minus five degrees we're like we're from Canada we can handle that that's like a typical day here if you get the opportunity while visiting London I would recommend that you go to Hyde Park a beautiful open green space this was when you're in the park it's really hard to believe that you're in such a large city like London itself uh, we one time we stayed at a hotel almost directly across the street from Hyde Park made it very uh, easy access for us um, to get into the park and just sort of walk around the grounds and enjoy ourselves. It was a nice, peaceful day and something I think everybody should have an opportunity to check out. Have you ever thought about standing directly on the International Dateline? Well, then you need to take a water ferry to Greenwich. And there you'd be able to go up the hill. And I mean it as a large hill. You go up the hill and there's a building up there where... Greenwich Mean Time is, well, that's where it is, to be honest with you. So you can stand on, over, the, you can straddle over the line and you'll be there at Greenwich Mean Time. Interesting experience. And if you come down the hill a bit, there is a museum there, which is also worth checking out before you get back on the ferry to head your, head your way back to London proper. If you're looking for shopping while you're in London, may I suggest... Oxford Street will give you a lot of shops for designer wear. Um, you might find some celebrities around Bond Street. And for the trendiest fashions, head your way over to Knightsbridge. But if you go around London proper, there are a lot of different places that offer 
different types of, I don't know, what, what do you want to call it? If you're looking for clothing, you're looking for souvenirs, or you're looking for uh, fine china, whatever. There are a lot of different shops in the area to check out, but I just want to give you a, a heads up on those uh, streets there to check out. Um, they do have inside malls, so yes, you can find yourself, if the weather's inclement, you can find your way to a mall and uh, you can spend a lot of time in there. But for the most part, I would say enjoy some time outside and enjoy as much as you can of the architecture of the old buildings and a combination of both the modern and the old architect. Are you a football fan? Or in North America, as we call it, soccer? Well, in London, you have a chance to visit either Chelsea, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Queen's Park Rangers, just to mention a few. So there's always football to be found depending on the time of season you go. So you might want to check ahead and try to book your tickets in advance. If you happen to be a rugby fan like I am, there are two teams in the London area. One is the London Broncos and the second one is called the London Scholars. So again, check in advance before you go, find out if they're playing and where they're playing. What I must say about uh, England as compared to maybe other parts of Europe, England using the British pound, it, I find it uh, a little pricey. So when you're looking at the cost of things, I would say for Canadian wise, you're looking at about uh, exchange rate of one Canadian dollar uh, or say one one British pound equals 1.60 Canadian dollars. So you can see that there is quite a bit of an exchange difference. But I think when you're over there, if you plan ahead and make sure you have the money put aside, uh, your financing the trip will not be a shock. Some people were surprised that they didn't jump in and join the other European countries and take on the Euro. But uh, the sterling still reigns supreme in England, so be mindful of that and check the exchange rates before you go. I have been to the Shard and I went to the very top. My wife and I went there and they have an observation deck right at the very top. Actually, there's two levels. Um, and when we were there, to tell you how tall it was, it was snowing rather than raining on the street, but snowing at the, at the observation level. Um, it was a little cloudy, so it was a little bit difficult to get great views, but on a clear day, it'd be an awesome place to get some great pictures. But speaking of getting great pictures, another place to do that is at the London Eye. Uh, first time we went there, there was huge lineups, but we've been there a couple times since, and the lineups aren't as great as they were when we were the first time, I guess, when they very first time they opened. But uh, it is an experience and something you should take in while you're in London. Now the Queen, if you're thinking about seeing the Queen when you're there, well just to let you know that she's not always in residence at Buckingham Palace. Sometimes she's off to her, her palace in, in Windsor and she might be also out about the country doing her royal duties. So she may not be at Buckingham Palace when you're visiting. And some people who are going to London, they wish to go visit 
Abbey Road, which is very near to the Abbey Studios where the Beatles did the recording. It is a very popular site, so if you want to go there and try to get some pictures, do so early, although locals do discourage from people doing that because it is a high traffic route. So if you're doing it, you got to be very careful. Something that I know a lot of people that have toured from outside of England, they definitely want to go visit out Abbey Road. What I enjoy about going to London is walking around the streets, popping into the little shops along the way, and then finding a little pub to go in and maybe have an adult beverage and something to eat, just to get the experience. I think uh, almost each pub we've been to has a little different characteristics about it. So I'm sure you'll find enough to keep you happy. Um, and I'll tell you, best fish and chips that I've had, well, Ireland and England are probably the best two places. So walking about, you'll find a lot of fish and chip shops along the way. So enjoy them. I have another reason to love England is I have family there. Um, they used to live in Maidenhead. They moved closer to London now. Maidenhead was west of the city and we used to have to take a train outside of London to get to Maidenhead. But at least uh, while we were there we made sure that we did stop in London and spend some time there. It's a large city. I'm sure that no matter how much time you spend there you'll never be able to see everything and then you'll hear from someone there's something that you missed that you need to go back and see. So I don't know, I know right now we're in a in a pandemic and um, here in Canada, or Canada has been listed as one of the countries where England has not opened its border to us yet. But this podcast is to designed to help us dream about future travel. And I'll say this, you know, I still want to go back to England. I, there's still a lot of places I want to see. But I want to go back to England for several reasons. One, there's lots to see, and I miss my family that's over there. I have to recommend that if you are going to London, that you look at purchasing the London Pass. This gives you access to 80-plus London attractions on which digital pass. Uh, this includes the Tower of London, the Shard, and a huge savings versus paying at the gate. So I suggest you check out their website at londonpass.com and you can purchase your ticket before you leave. And that way you'll save when you're checking out all the different sites. If you have any questions for me about London that probably not answered or might have not been answered in this podcast, I'll leave my contacts in the episode notes and you can just reach out to me and I'll see if I can answer your question for you. You've been listening to Passports and Postcards with Random McEwen. Thank you for listening and please subscribe, like, rate, and review. Really appreciate it. Till next time, have a good evening.